When life is difficult, Samaritans are here. Day or night, 365 days a year. You can call them for free on 116 123. Email them at joe at or visit Whatever you're facing, the Samaritans are here to listen. Welcome to the Beer Podcast. My name's Nick Mins. On today's podcast, uh, I'm very lucky to be joined by uh, Keith. Keith is coming on today to share some of his uh, journey with mental health and also he is a volunteer with the Samaritans, um, an organisation charity which has helped me a lot throughout my journey. Uh, so it's amazing having someone on who has, you know, who, who is a volunteer and doing some amazing work. So Keith, thanks very much for taking time out of your day to, to come on the podcast. No, thanks for having me. So I mean you've got you've got quite an interesting story, Keith, uh from from looking um over some of the details that were sent to me. But uh I suppose go back to your earliest time, if you like. I mean, I know you'd mentioned that you'd been to men's mental health clubs. I mean just uh, your overall experience around uh mental health. Uh if I can start back to over like seven years ago, I I, I I know it's like going back a while, but like I was like a free spirit, you know. Uh, I never knew about the Samaritans. Um, I never really knew about mental health. You know, I had like, um, I've got like family who's in the forces and stuff like that. So we knew stuff like that. But I think as a normal fella, you know, I never had a care in the world, you know. Um, never thought, never entered me head to even think about mental health or anything like that. And then um, one day it all, it, it all changed. It was a, um, like it was a, a tragic accident, um, a really terrible accident. And um, if I found, for, for someone who's never experienced mental health, I found that so hard to to come to terms with, you know, you think as, as you, you know, you things you wouldn't expected to see, you know, we just left the house and, and it was, it, you know, it was, a, it was a, like a really sad accident. And at first, you know, um, I thought I was all right. You know, I knew I didn't feel all right kind of thing. Um, and then over time, you know, my family noticed that, you know, I, I went a bit down. And because I didn't know about, like, the mental health, I just thought, oh, you know, um, it was just, you know, I was grieving over, you know, what had happened kind of thing. But um, I went to a really dark place, uh, really. Over time, you know, I was pushing people away that cared about me, you know, my family, you know, my friends and stuff. I lost myself way in a way. Um, and then I did, you know, I did go to the lowest where I lost me. Uh, and I did take myself off, you know, um, 
And I don't really remember that much about the day, you know, but I remember it was, you know, was it sitting at the beach? I don't, still to the, you know, and it was on my own, you know, but I remember I got there, it was daylight, and all I remember was, it was pitch black, don't know what time it was, and this man didn't even know, just walked past, and he went, you know, you've been sitting here all day, you know, why don't you get yourself home? Never asked me um, anything. He just said that. And uh, looking back now, you know, I know I'm a Samaritan and I'm, I'm very honoured to to be one, but maybe he was my Samaritan. You know, he never asked me nothing. He never quizzed me. He never, he never approached on me. Just them words where I, I'm not, I wasn't on my own. Uh, so I came home and I knew I needed help then. And uh, I had uh, like counselling um, and it changed me. You know, everyone say now and say, you know, when you've been through you know, like this, when he said I had PTSD, that made it worse then. Because I was thinking, you think of the, like me, families in the forces and stuff and, I found it, and because it was still, I never had the understanding of life or things like that. Um, I was thinking to me, how dare someone like me when you've got people, you know, saving in the foot who they're like, it's not an, an honorary thing to have PTSD. I don't mean it like that at all. But if you think anyone after what they do and stuff like that. Um, it really got me down and then I had to look, you know, look into it more and and then they put me on like a, like the highest level of PTSD. So, you know, thoughts are always, like even going back to that day, the thoughts are still there, but as a person and, and the understanding of life and things like that, I know... Um, help is out there you know you've got the Samaritans and you've got people find it hard to talk to family and friends because they might feel judged or oh come on you know like that man attitude kind of thing and I don't think um, I've ever been that way I think um, I've always had the caring side to me and stuff but you know, it, it took me a long, a long while to find that acceptance. It's, you know, the, I mean, some of the, the, the things that I pick out from what you just said was, I mean, the first thing was kind of when you feel like you lose yourself. Um, I mean, I was exactly the same. I mean, I felt like I'd lost myself for a good 10, 12 years. And it's only over like maybe the past, like maybe about a year and a bit that I've actually started to get to know myself again really, because yeah. I suppose you lose so much of yourself because as, as well, you kind of put this act on and you put a front on and you kind of, you act a certain way so much that that person that you're pretending to be almost becomes your your identity as well. Yeah. But I, th I think that's what I did and I still do. Like I struggle, I still struggle when I uh, like, no, like, like an ambulance um, and I do have triggers. You know, like even like screaming or or stuff like that. You know, there's a there's a lot. I'm nowhere near 
do you know what? I, I find it, it funny. You know, um, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but where I am, um, I feel lucky, you know, um, because, you know, I said earlier about um, I've always had, like, that caring side and stuff like that. Um, and maybe, you know, when I say I'm, I'm like, I'm a, a different person, but maybe that this person is the person that has always been there, but has always been too scared to come out. So I try and I have to in, in some ways um, try and put a turn on things, you know. And But then a few years later, um, I started a new job. I've only been there a few weeks and stuff like that. Um, and... You know, it was great. I was getting up of a morning in this new job. And the other one I had to be in for half five in this job. I started eight so I can have breakfast with the kids and and something I've never, you know, never, ever had the opportunity to do, you know, which is a bit of a pain because I've got to cook three different breakfasts some morning kind of thing. <laughs> but but it's lovely to, to have that little bit extra time with them. And then... You know, one more, you know, my boss phoned me up the night before and he went, can you come in early? We need a job doing. And, you know, you don't want to let people down, you know. And it was the very first time he's ever asked me. So I had to leave uh, leave here, for, you know, about half five in the morning. And um, when I, I was going to work, um, absolutely going near ours and someone was standing on the top of a bridge um, you know when I stopped and I you know I said you know uh, what are you doing you know same thing anyone would say what the freaking hell are you doing mate kind of thing like and um, at that that day um, it that you know I got out of the car and someone crashed into I seen the difference in people that day. Uh, and I lost hope in a way. Um, you know, I was I was on one side of the road, the fella was on the other side standing on top of the bridge. And um I was talking from my car and it was people shouting stuff, people were recording, driving past and I couldn't. For me, uh, I couldn't understand that. I couldn't, couldn't, and you know, and then all of a sudden, there was just me uh, and and the, the fella, and there was no stuff. The police had, you know, blocked off both sides, kind of thing. There was just the two of us. Um, I don't want to give his name, but he had PTSD, and he thought he was on his own. Um, and I don't know, maybe I was right, maybe I was wrong, but um, we were, I think we were there for like an hour and a half and we just spoke. You know, we, he was getting all out what he'd gone, th- what, what, what he's going through and went through and stuff like that. And he never, he thought like, like myself, you were on your own. And I still had so much stuff that, you know, you go to a counsellor and you still think with stuff you get, 
and judged by that person sometimes sitting in front of you kind of thing. So you still hold stuff, like uh, like stuff back that uh, you, f you don't want to say out loud because you know it will hurt you in a way. Uh, but on that day, um, because he thought he was on his own and and I said to him, I, I'm going through what you're going through. You know, you're not on your own. There's other people like that out there. And, you know, you can get through this. And I didn't know there was, like, a police behind my car on the other side of the road with the walkie-talkie thing switched on and he was listening to what we were talking about. And all he wanted was help. And it was amazing. He had to go to them lengths because he was thought he was on his own and he wanted help. Um, then the, the police came up then and uh, they were saying, you know, we're going to get you all the help. And I said, do you promise you're going to get the lads help? And I said, say, you know, you, you've made the first step. Um, and he got down and, you know, he... he they, they took him away and he came back and gave me a hug and said thanks. And uh, that, I went, I couldn't understand that, you know, um, as, you know, we gone through, it was the police that took, you know, uh, and he never got the help. You know, it, I got a message the next day and because the, you know, the services are so stretched kind of thing, he never got the help that he needs. And I think I realised then as a person, um, people need help, men need help, men don't talk. You know, um, I'm honest to, I think now speaking to yourself, this is um, the, the most honest I've, I've, I've been about the instances I've been, but that's what, led me to the Samaritans in a way, like, um, because, you know, I, I, I don't like the thought of people like myself not being able to, or having the courage to, you know, to, to be heard or if they feel worthless, that their story in a way isn't a... You know, it shouldn't be heard, and everyone's story should be heard. Like, I mean, that that's completely true. It's, and I suppose, you know, on that day, you, I suppose that, that you know, more than likely, it would have been the level of empathy that you were able to show. And and it's and it's funny that when you when you meet someone who's gone through something similar to you, you almost feel that empathy straight away. It it, it it's almost. It's so strange how you feel it, but you do yeah. instantly. You kind of get that, you know what, this person gets me. They're not just talking to me because they want me to just get down. They're talking to me because they want me to get help and they know and they can sympathise. And, some, you know, that, that having uh, someone to talk to and even being able to offload to is, is massive. And like you say, for men, men are a pain for not talking. I mean, yeah, and it's like a, you know, even with 
me, you know, um, there's, I don't mind letting people in even now, you know, I think since joining, I always thought I was on my own. I always thought, um, I, you know, I, you know, I know I've got my family, you know, and I know, you know, even with having PTSD and stuff like that, I know, you know, my wife's always said to me, you know, you could have went on ale, you know, you could have went on a drug route, you could have took yourself away and been on, but um, but you didn't, you know, you've you want to give so much back, and it's not like it's not a need. I, I used to think because I couldn't help, I couldn't make things right. You know, is it trying to to make up for stuff? You know, because but it's not. I think I think but since that first session, I know I'm jumping around a bit, but when I started that first session, it was all on Zoom when we started the Samaritans with COVID and things like that. And there was a group of people training group. And um, you know, when you look at people and you think, I don't know, you know, didn't know whether if they've been through stuff, but you look at people and think, why would they want to do this? And the, the most, you know, they're like an extension of my family now. Like, the, you know, I'm not saying I believe the, the, the Liverpool Samaritans is the greatest branch in the UK because, you know, but uh, because there's so many people that... Um, that care, you know, and whatever reason they have for being there, you feel when you walk in, not like a buzz or anything like that, but you can feel, you know, that's why I jumped to that, you can feel you have empathy for others. And it's, it's for me, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant thing to do. And I think for me, when you, every call you get, whether it's, you know, the the talk about self-harm, the lonely or anything like that. Um every call's important. You know, every call. It's like that person's first step. And he, he, when they turn around sometimes and you say, I can't go on, I don't want to go on, or things like that. But they picked up the bloody phone. So there's something inside them. And I say this if you know. There's something inside that doesn't want to give in. There's something inside, and it's having that freedom which I never have. When you talk to people on that end of the phone, that you know they're not judged. You know, it. You know, I've had someone who who was scared or they felt that lonely sitting in the house and. You know, well, what can you do? Well, I don't really want to go out because I'm on my own. And I said, well, if you feel safe, I'll stay with you on this end of the phone. We have a little walk around the block. And for just little things that can mean, like not a life change. And, you know, I have that thing, you know, as a Samaritan, you're not there to change. You're there to get them through the day. And that's the most important thing. And that's, what I, you know, love to do kind of thing. I mean, it's, it, 
it's amazing, you know, the that from let's let's put this way from stopping someone and you know being there to speak to someone at their time of need kind of gave you that strength to then think you can make a difference. And and and, and I suppose that's the thing with the Samaritans I know from experience is that it can make a difference no matter how small that conversation is. Mm. Just just one small little conversation, you know, ringing about. I mean, for example, when I rung, I was just like so anxious, so nervous. And I just called and said, I just need someone to talk to. Can can I just talk to someone, please? And they were like, yeah, let's, let's talk. You know, and it must have been about a 10-minute, 15-minute phone call. But just that phone call was enough to make me come back down and just, just, you know, get my thoughts in check and be able to kind of process things as well. So having that help there is massive. So, you know, the the work that, you know, you guys as volunteers do is absolutely amazing. You know, I'll say that's right off. I think some people think or have that belief that it's a paid thing, the Samaritans, you know, when you speak to people, you get paid. And that's the thing with the, the Samaritans at, at the branch kind of thing. You know, we don't get paid, you know, like I, I'm on the engineering side. You could you could have like a teacher, you could have a bin man, you could have a bus driver. It doesn't matter what what we do outside the the branch. We come in because we care, you know. When that's the thing where you know you think you're on your own in life, kind of thing, and it's. It's so rewarding when you, when you go in and you, you see just normal people for whatever reason why they're there, they're there for the right reasons, you know. And, you know, I know with, for myself, I'm there because I would hate the thoughts of someone being on, I've got my own reason, you know, when we everyone would have a different story, but I hate the thought that people think that they can't reach out. And I hope that, you know, with not being like judgmental, you know, showing empathy, being a like giving them that listening ear where you know, even the simple things like I'm struggling, you know, and and, and just being there with them. And I always think, you know, it's a good call. I, I, I only say my name, but, you know, hi, I'm Keith, you know, if, if, you know, to sometimes just to break the ice and they can give their name if they choose kind of thing. And you could be on a call for an hour, but at the end of it, they still remember your name out of everything what they've talked, you know, and you know that, you know, maybe, you know, they have, it might, they might sleep tonight, you know, some of that load that they're carrying, you know, they are passed on to me and I take a bit of pride in carrying it for them for a few hours or a few days. I mean, do, do you think that it kind of like Samaritans gets labelled as just a just a, a kind of charity that takes phone calls from individuals who are suicidal? Well, it's, it's not just... just uh, 
it's what you class as suicidal. You know, um, you see, I, th I think that's where, I don't think I think too much, but I think if you're lonely and you're in a house on your own for 24 hours a day and you feel lonely, could that lead on to feeling like that? So you try and break it down, you know, some of the people could feel suicidal, but does that mean they have a suicide plan? You know, I we all have, well, I'm not, I wouldn't say we all, I have thoughts in, because of me PTSD and stuff like that. Um, but just because you've got a thought, it doesn't mean you're going to act, it just means you can't see an escape from the thing you're in. And that's where the active listening comes in then, like, and letting that person, and that's why I was saying it's not about changing like it's getting them through that person through till tomorrow and saying well i've got through this at the lowest point but just by them exploring what they're going through and hopefully by being an active listener you they can find their own options sometimes to say well you know what can you do what could you do that could be different and giving them their own options to explore different things. I mean, it's, it's it was one of those, I, I suppose it was one of them things that, that I thought kind of growing up and it was always said, oh, well, the only reason you ring Samaritans is if you're, if you're having them sort of thoughts. But the more I got to kind of read it about Samaritans and then, kind of experiencing it myself being at my kind of lowest point and thinking right I need you know I need someone to talk to because like you say you, you don't want to feel like you're a burden on your family and it, I think it, it's very you know it, I wouldn't say it's just a man thing but men are probably you know do that more because they kind of feel like I mean I, I always felt like I had to be the kind of the kind of, if you like, the backbone of the family and the strength of the family. And, you know, I had responsibilities, so I couldn't show weakness. So being able to call someone and then just discuss what was going on with me that day was, it was almost like life-changing. And there was times when I kind of thought to myself, oh, well, I don't feel like ringing today because I don't feel like talking. But I was always good at writing things down. So I used email yeah. service as well to kind of, but... And I still, I still save all them emails. I've still got them all saved, it, backed up. Because I can I, I sometimes, when I'm having a bit of a bad day, I sometimes go back through the emails and read. But it's just the kind of language which is used by the person on the other side is so amazing because it's not, it is completely non-judgmental. Yeah. They're not, they're not looking to, like you say you're just looking to kind of get that person through the day and allow them a chance to kind of think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get through today and then we'll see what tomorrow brings. And then, you know, it, it gives them a little bit of inner strength as well. Yeah. I used to, when I first started, I used to think, you know, like as a fellow, when you go to the pub and stuff like that and the bar's like six deep to try and get a pint, it's like that person next to you, you know, you, you, you know, they let off. You could, even could the bar could be empty and you go in for a quick pint on your own kind of thing. 
not that I would do, but, but I always pictured that, the openness of someone you don't know. And it's being friendly, it's being open, you know, and um, even for like, you know, I've had, you know, many a call and a lot of calls, you know, they do stay with you kind of thing, like, you know, and um, some, you know, that, that's why it's it's so, you know, like it's like lost loves. It could be, you know, this is off, not like fellas as well, like, you know, uh, that, and that's something you wouldn't talk to you. I know that as, as a fella, but it, it was it was lovely for me that a fella had picked up the phone and he felt safe enough to talk to another fella. Sometimes, you know, the phone, as soon as you answer the phone as a man, you know, the phone could go down for whatever reason. He could put the phone down because... You know, and that's that's the beauty of the Samaritans in a way. Like, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with that person, you can just put the phone down, ring back until you know, we're we're all different. We all might want a different tone or or something like that. It's 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 a weird environment, but there is I think one of the best calls, it, and that's why going back to that fellow, you know, when he put his shoes on when we went for a walk around the block. But sometimes, you know, you you speak to people, and I think one of them was like a lady had a job, and she, you know, she'd been, you know, it was like an assault, but she wanted to talk to people walking to, to get to, like through a certain area. And it, it's, you know, this man can be there. It's, and that's why I was trying to say it's not just for one thing, it could be for what you choose it to be. You know, when it's an active listener, you know. Everyone's got a story and you don't know what that story will be until you answer the phone. I love that. I say just everyone has everyone has got a story. And I think some people believe that their story is not valid enough to be told, but everyone But it's their it's yeah, valid for it's them. It's valid to them. And that that's that's the thing with the Samaritans, you know. I don't think any Samaritan would ever but the they wouldn't. That's the that's with with there because we care, and it's like with my story, you know. Uh, oh my, I, I hate that word journey. It, it, I hate it, <laughs> but it's like with my journey from from not knowing about the Samaritans, and I think if I look back, and I've thought this a, a lot. Um, so much earlier on would that have helped me phoning the Samaritans if I had the knowledge or or had that thing to know about the Samaritans or or, or anything else to get and I and you know I bloody would I I would you know because you know um your family is so protective of you. They put a blanket around you and your mates put that blanket around you. Come on, let's go and do this. And sometimes you don't want to, but you sort of put your head down to, all right, you know, and you go along. And I think that's the thing with the fellow on the bridge or, or myself. Would it have made a difference, you know, in, in what way would it have made a difference? But for him or myself to phone up, 
you know, you burn, you're unloading at the that weight where you find it hard to go and do stuff. And you, you're expressing it, and it could free some of the thoughts that you're carrying around. Like, so we're coming to the end of the uh, the podcast, and I asked the same, asked the same question to every guest I have, and that question is: if you had one one nugget of advice which you you could give to anyone who like me listening now. What would that one nugget of advice be? Look in the mirror. I think I used to find it so hard, and even now I still do like yourself. That's why I grew a mirror because I don't like the person looking back sometimes. Like, I'm not saying you're ugly or not. Like, <laughs> but um, well, I've had it before. I think. So. I think. You know, we used to. I used to have that thing. Used to, every morning when I wake up. I used to have to find a reason to put my socks on to get me through the day. But I think um, look in the mirror and be proud. Find a reason to be proud of something of that person looking back. Love that. Keith, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us today. It's thoroughly appreciated. Um, and also, it's you know, it's amazing to speak to people like yourself who've gone through things, but also, uh, you know, helping people along the way as well. So thank you for everything you do. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and for everyone else, I'll uh, speak to you on the next podcast.